0: Are you ready to turn your investments into retirement income? Listen in as Jeremy Kyle and his guests reveal ways you can make smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions to achieve your ideal retirement. You will learn more about your money so you can feel better about your money and make better money decisions. Now, onto the show.
1: Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into retirement income. Today, we're talking with David Sandu about five money decisions to make or break your money dependence. David, thanks for coming on the show.
2: Thanks, Jeremy. Happy to be here.
1: Yeah, and it was fun to get connected with you. Uh, We got connected through the More Than Money podcast, the More Than Money Facebook group, which is another great podcast that we love. And what was so great about getting connected to you is people are always asking questions and you're always sharing. You're also a financial advisor. I'm a financial advisor. You're never pitching. You're never saying, oh, the solution is this one thing and, and buy it from me. It's, it's just great to see someone out there sharing good education. That's why I wanted to, to get you on the show.
2: Appreciate that, Jeremy. A huge believer in uh, paying it forward and, and uh, just coming from a generosity uh, heart. So, yeah, appreciate that. Awesome.
1: Well, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about you, though. Tell us about yourself.
2: Yeah. So uh, I live here in Fort Worth. I'm married. I have a young daughter of 16 months. So I haven't slept real well in about 16 months. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I became a financial advisor, actually, a little, bit, a little bit over five years ago. I was actually a rocket scientist for a little over a decade. So um, that was just a, a huge passion for me, just working on rockets and, and, and seeing them launch. I worked for SpaceX and Raytheon and Lockheed, some of these bigger companies, and just found a passion in 2014. Actually, my father passed away And, uh, transitioned to helping my mom with all these money questions. And that really put a spark in me to help people with their finances. So started teaching Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. And that just really, I really wanted to help uh, other people with their finances. And so I was working at SpaceX at the time. My wife said, Hey, you can't work 80 hours a week at SpaceX and uh, volunteer 20 hours a week at night. And so I had to pick one. So I went uh, straight forward into financial planning and it's been an amazing, awesome journey.
1: That's awesome. I don't know if you knew this about me, but I was a physics major in college, and then I was destined to go into ROTC. Would have done uh, something electrical engineering, something along those lines. So a lot of my summer internships were related to kind of the uh, aerospace industry. We'll talk more about that later on. But it's fun to fun to meet a fellow scientist. Sure. Yeah. Well, the biggest reason what really got me interested in having you share some of your your thoughts and education is around. Kind of the five money beliefs, and you had a specific way that you had presented it. I'm talking about five decisions to make or break your money dependence. But uh, let, let's go through some of those and tell, just tell me a little bit more about how you came up with these five money beliefs and and how it's uh, a way that people can just have a better understanding of what money means to them.
2: Sure, yeah. So uh, fortunately and unfortunately, I learned these the hard way. Uh, but you know, I really was examining my own life, even just the past year. And how am I being a husband? Am I being a good father? Am I honoring God in the way that I'm presenting stewardship to uh, to my family? And started just thinking about these. It actually started with a conversation. I came home and I asked my wife, I said, you know, am I a good husband? Am I a good father? And uh, be careful if you ask that because your wife will probably give you the, the brutal honest truth. And so, I just started, uh, you know, unpacking like, what does God's word and the Bible say on on some of the key areas in our life and, you know, researching Ron Blue. He's got some great books on, on the heart of, of a good steward. And so kind of just came up with these five beliefs and, and trying to examine how I can enact them both personally as a husband, as a dad, but then also financially and then with my clients as well. And they center around these five core concepts, stewardship, generosity, faith, contentment and wisdom. And so I'll just briefly kind of go over each of them, but. Uh, Stewardship. Do I believe that God owns it all or do I believe that I own it all? Uh, Generosity. Do I believe it's more blessed to give than it is to receive? Faith. Do I believe that I can demonstrate my faith in the way that I handle my finances? And is my faith in God or faith in me? Uh, Discontentment or contentment. Do I believe that what I have right now, that what God has given me right now is enough? And then finally, wisdom. Do I believe that God's wisdom is available and relevant to me and my financial situation? So those are the five money beliefs.
1: Yeah, we're gonna put all those specifically in our, our show notes and all that. But the uh, let's go through each of one, uh, each of them. And the first one is maybe odd to some people, like ownership. What do you mean you don't own your money? What are you talking about there?
2: Yeah, this is a it's a great example. But you know, one of the key concepts that comes out of out of Jesus's teaching. You know, Jesus talked a lot about money, but is really the heart of a steward. And um, probably more famous than any of his parables was Matthew twenty five and this uh, the parable of the talents and. For those who are not familiar, you can read it, uh, Matthew 25, 14 through 30. But Jesus basically uh, says that the kingdom of heaven is like a master that has three servants. And to each of them, he gives a different amount, one, two, and five talents. And uh, he he goes away for a long time and then comes back. And each of the stewards is responsible for essentially growing the growing that money, growing the talent. And um, the one with five and the one with two both invested and made multiples of that amount. But the one with one hit it in the ground. And when the master came back, uh, and you know called <laughs> called for them the one with one said you know i i was unsure i thought you were you know a harsh man so i just hit it in the ground and the one with two and five the master said you know you've done a great job you've you've done well with the little i'm going to give you and make you uh, rule over much and the one with one he called him a, a a wicked and lazy and slothful servant and so the concept here is everything we have belongs to god and we we have to be faithful money managers of what we have so that's where the concept of stewardship comes from we we are sort of just managing the resources that God has provided and that, and that someday we will give an account of what, we, of what we've done with them.
1: Yeah, and of course, uh, that's a very specific thing that I think every Christian needs to think of is do you actually own it? Does God own it? And if you have that belief one way or another, you're going to act differently. I was going through these trying to think of pulling in wisdom, which should be easy to do. We'll see how well I do on this. Uh, tell me, grade me, David, how I do later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm trying to pull out some thoughts here. If you're listening and you're not a Christian, And you're thinking of turning this off and saying, What this doesn't apply to me. I just want you to think right now on this idea of ownership versus stewardship. Like, how about are you living for yourself today, or maybe for others today, or even yourself in the future? Like, you just happen to be right here in this exact moment, and you can make decisions today that will harm yourself down the road that could help yourself down the road. And you mentioned David that you've got a wife and, and kids, so uh, it's not just for most people. They get to some point where their money and their money decisions does not only affect themselves, absolutely affects their immediate family, perhaps even you know the greater world. And worst case, everyone you know, if you have nobody that you care about, you you have yourself down the road. And just even thinking of your decisions of is this money for me specifically only at this moment in time, or is this money for others, including yourself, including yourself as an other down the road. I think that's some, you know, wisdom we can pull from this idea of ownership versus stewardship. Even if you're not a Christian, even if you don't think that anyone else has any claim of your money beside yourself, you still are stewarding your own money towards a future and need to make wise choices there.
2: Yeah. And I even think about this, Jeremy, from the aspect of being a financial advisor, right? My clients, your clients, they entrust us with money to manage. And it's not our money to own. It's our money to manage. And we have to be accountable to the people that have given us and entrusted that money with us to be stewards of it. So even from a financial advisor perspective, right, I think of myself as a steward of my client's assets as well. Yeah. And just
1: not just as a financial advisor, just an employee, a volunteer, any way that you're in charge of somebody else's time or stuff or money, anything
2: yeah, and this bleeds this bleed all these five money beliefs they actually can bleed over into other beliefs as well, right I mean, think about marriage, right? Do I believe that my wife and my my daughter, right am I am I stewarding them well? If I pass away, would I be a good testimony to them, right? if I didn't have life insurance as an example to be a benefit to them? so I, I think about it in a lot of the different aspects.
1: Yeah, that's great. yeah. so that first one so ownership versus stewardship and and just taking on that stewardship mindset of your money the next one's kind of the generosity or greed
2: yeah generosity and greed so g- generosity i'll just quote from uh acts here but there's a prayer phrase that Paul talks about is it is more blessed to give than it is to receive and the the way that, that actually is phrase it's it's talking about it is more happy making so it makes you more happy to to give than it does to receive and i think about first timothy six this is a scripture that a passage of scripture that has really marked me in my Christian walk. But it's first Timothy 6, 17 through 19. It says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good. And here's the key is to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. And that way they can take hold of a life that is truly life. And so when I think about, is it am I is it more blessed to give than it is to receive? am i experiencing that joy am i experiencing that happiness when i'm giving
1: yeah and i'm thinking there too about this idea of the abundance mindset scarcity mindset where it's uh it's almost a bit of not even the actions of course the action of being generous and generous is a good idea the action of, of greed is something that people can see and don't necessarily find that good in others they might hide it from themselves like my greed's actually okay but they people definitely i think universally humans think other people's greed is a poor choice but just the this mindset idea of abundance versus scarcity of do you feel like all you have right now is all you're ever going to have or all the world has right now is all it's ever going to have and if you've got that mindset then of course you want to just be grabbing like why wouldn't you want more of that why wouldn't you want a bigger piece of the pie Uh, but then if you have an abundance mindset like hey working together is a way to grow and if I happen to give away this five dollars or five hundred or five thousand or five million right that there's a lot more good that can come out of it and there might even be kind of a backfilling right like if I'm, I'm just thinking like if I give up five dollars like that's not gonna change my life and there'll probably be some opportunity to get that five dollars back at some point like that's an abundance mindset. And of course, $5 is easy to think of. I just want you to think of it when it's $5 because it can just keep on growing. And when you've got that abundance mindset, you've got that ability to be happy when you're giving compared to only wanting to receive or having to hold on to it tight because you don't think you'll ever see that money again.
2: Yeah. And I think a lot of times, especially for people in retirement, right? They A lot of times there's an opportunity to give back, as people would say. But uh, there's a gentleman, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, he talks about. concept that most people are familiar with, which is a pie. But a lot of people think of money in this world as a pie, where if I take a piece of pie, that means you can't have it. And he says, well, the way you need to think of it is as a light. So if I'm holding a light, and I give you if I light your candle, not only have I given you light, and I made the world brighter as well. So there's a dual force where I'm, I'm giving to you, but I'm also making the world a brighter place. And a little story here uh, last week, uh, or actually a couple weeks ago, my daughter was holding something with her hands uh, really, really tightly. And for those who can't see on the video, I'm holding my hands in fists and my daughter was holding a, a candy bar in one of her, in one of her hands and she couldn't see that I was offering her the same candy bar right in front of her because she was so focused on her fists. And I think a lot of times we as Christians are kind of like that we are wanting to hold on to things so tightly that we can't see that it's already been provided for us. And when we open our hands, we are able to uh, give more, but also able to receive more as well.
1: It's Jeremy Kyle here and I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. We broke down our five-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement investment and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com Use the number or spell it out. You'll get there either way. 5stepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening. And now for the rest of the show. Yeah, I also think too of like, where does this dollar do the most good? And I always think of it uh, in the world of tipping, right? So we'll, we'll try to make a you know tipping at a restaurant related to the generosity. But I'm sure. thinking if I have a $30 bill, like a standard tip is maybe like $5, maybe $6. But we'll go with $5 because my math is easier. So if the standard tip is like $5 and you add $1 more like that waiter or waitress just got a 20% boost mm. and all it costs you is about 3%. Like I would gladly trade my 3% for someone else's 20% mm. any day. Like it just seems like almost a, what is this $1 going to do better with? And just thinking through of if if I have a dollar, you know, is that going to do better in my hands or someone else's hands? And especially in America. <laughs> especially people that are listening that are closer to retirement and, and have been saving like a dollar is probably going to be better in someone else's hands than your own.
2: Yeah. That's powerful.
1: Good. Well, I appreciate you uh, sharing your, your faith. You've been quick on the wit with Bible verses that I meant much to you that, that have gone into these five money beliefs and that's your middle one. I got a feeling that you put it in the middle for reason that faith in God is a big part of these money beliefs.
2: Yeah, it definitely is. So yeah, the third one here. So we talk about stewardship. We talk about generosity. Now faith. So faith in God. Do I believe that I can demonstrate my faith by the way that I handle my finances, and is my faith in God or is my faith in myself? And one of the one of the passages of scripture that that sticks out to me a lot is actually this, the story of Daniel. Just his whole life is is so impactful. He was obviously a man of prayer, and he was a, a, a passionate uh, person, and just passionate after God's heart. And one of the stories that sticks out to me the most is in the fire. When he's about to be thrown into the fire, he, he says basically, and for those who are not familiar with the story, he doesn't want to bow down to the altar, the king. And so the king says, we have to be, you know, thrown into the fire. And, and he said, Daniel says, God will save us. God will save us. But even if he doesn't save us, we want you to know, king, that we, we're not going to serve your gods. We're we'll only worship our God. And that's just so impactful. Like when I think about my own, my own faith walk, I don't know if I'm there yet in that testing of the fire, but that's where I strive to be, right? Do I really believe that God will provide and that he is enough? And if I believe that, even if he doesn't, my faith is still gonna be in him to provide.
1: Yeah, I like uh, how you were using that example where whatever the outcome was, he still had the faith, right? And he was still proving his faith. I was trying to think of how this maybe might relate from a different worldview. And my, my question was, do you believe your outcomes are more important or your inputs. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. of my my daughter right now. So she's very focused on getting A's, which is a positive. Uh, mm-hmm. But recently she was basically studying and just kind of memorizing. It's like she had the picture of like A, B, C, D on the left matched up with one, two, three, four on the right. And I kept asking questions like, okay, tell me about answer number three. And she ha- didn't have the ability to mm-hmm. do that because she was very focused on the outcome. Like, I just want the A. I, I don't necessarily want to put in the effort. It seemed like, I mean, she's working hard at it, but like it was the learning that like, kind of in my mind, the input was more important and whether she got an A or a B, I would not have cared. I think the putting into it and trying and attempting to learn it was what I was going for there. Just the idea that the outcome sometimes works your way, uh, but it's the, the input and what's put into it that, that matters more.
2: Yeah, there's a famous quote, uh, John Quincy Adams. He says, the duty is ours, and the results are God's. And I think about that a lot, Jeremy, because in the way that you know I want to be a faithful manager of God's resources, I think about, am I saving to the glory of God? Am I investing to the glory of God right through biblically responsible investing? That's what we do. Am I giving to the glory of God? Am I being faithful? Am I giving? Am I being faithful to my family? And like you said, I, I think that as a husband and a father, as an advisor, in every aspect, as a steward, am I being faithful in this? And the the duty, that duty is mine. And whatever the results are, those are God's.
1: Yeah, you get it. Let's move on to the next one, which is talking about contentment.
2: Yeah, this is a hard one for for I think many of us. I struggle with this as well. Again, a lot of these are learned, but just by failure and struggling, but this is discontentment or contentment. Do I believe that what God has given me right now is enough? And I know as advisors, enough is a tough word to grasp our heads around sometimes. First Timothy 6 says that godliness with contentment is great gain. And so it's a little bit countercultural to what the world says about contentment. But the other passage that strikes me is a passage from Luke 12. It's the parable of the rich fool, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, the parable is basically this man has fields and fields and fields and barns. And he says, I know what I'm going to do uh, now that I can rest and take it easy. He's basically about to retire and he says i'm just going to sit back relax and build bigger barns so i can store up more and jesus says well you're a fool because your soul's going to be required of you tonight and when i think about that right am i just building bigger barns in this world am i am i satisfying my own kingdom or or god's kingdom and that's a lot of where this comes around because the world tells us that enough is never enough right and that one more one more million or one more year of working or just one more syndrome uh, will be enough and i think that's where a lot of discontentment comes from where we looking at the Joneses constantly and comparing ourselves.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of surveys that are done of how much do you think you need in retirement? And the answer is almost universally 25% more than I have. Like, yeah. <laughs> I need a million dollars in retirement. And then they get to there. How much do you need in retirement? I need a 1.25 million. Right. And then you, yeah. you get there and you go beyond it and they say, well, now I need 2 million. Right. That's always a, there's never enough kind of a, in, in general, and that rich fool, I've got to grab this. I got this book right next to me. Here it is. Have you read this book, uh, money possessions and eternity by Randy Alcorn? Randy
2: Alcorn. Yeah, definitely. Yep, I,
1: I imagine you had, uh, cause I was reading that rich fool. Uh, he was mentioning it in here. That's a great book. I just wanted to mention that money possessions and eternity. Uh, Hey, we usually give, do you have a book, uh, David? I don't think you do. You don't have your own book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, neither do I, but Not we yet. like to give, a, we like to give away books on this podcast. So anyone that emails me podcast at Kyle, fp.com, I'll get you out this book, money possessions and eternity from Randy Alcorn. This is one of my, my favorite books. Uh, well-worn. and I imagine uh, you enjoyed it too, David.
2: Yeah. it's it, uh, Randy Alcorn, if, if, nobody, if anybody's not familiar with him, he has some amazing books on money, heaven, possessions, managing God's resources. The Treasure Principle is a great one. Uh, met with him a couple months ago and he gave me um, Giving is the Good Life. And that okay. was a powerful one. I'm, I'm almost finished with that one. It's so many good books there on on money, possessions, and eternity.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, good. Well, I just want to talk about uh, this contentment too, because we were talking about the idea of 25% more is the usual American answer to how much do you need. But I'm thinking too of just even, this goes back to the faith part of where do you put your faith in? Because I went to a uh, conference a few months ago, it's called FinCon. Great, great conference where a lot of people are educating about money, helping people make good money decisions. Uh, but there's a, a big theme railing through it called financial independence. And so many people are kind of saying, "What's your FI number? What's your financial independence number?" Which is they've figured out, like if I have two million dollars or I have five hundred thousand, whatever that number is, you know, that's the exact number I can retire and you know tell my boss to you know take this job and shove it, right? That's that's kind of the the thought behind it. And I've just been really thinking about that lately. For some reason, the financial independence, like that independence word, is kind of bugging me. Mm -hmm. And I'm also wondering too how these people felt when they maybe had their number. And then in 2022, the market dropped, and they weren't by their number anymore. Like, did they feel completely dependent? All of a sudden, uh, did they feel not enough themselves personally? Even just a few years ago, there was a, a retirement retirement advertisement. Basically, people walking around holding their numbers, mm-hmm. like as if like that number was what mattered. And it's just so funny to me because that number might happen one time, might never happen again, uh, mm-hmm. or. It will never it will stay static, right? Either you're gonna go through it, or it might drop back down uh, again. So this idea of being content in, in kind of any circumstances is just a as a wise situation, which is yeah. which is next to it. The next one, wisdom.
2: How, how do you get yeah. wise there, David? How do we find some yeah. wisdom? That's a that's a great point. I just want to mention Bob Lodick on, on the last one, contentment. He he talked about instead of tracking his net worth, he tracks his net given, which was a huge mind, mind shift for me because uh, most people are defined by their net worth. But he he said, I'm going to change to flip the script and start tracking my net given, how much he's given away. So that was a powerful, powerful paradigm shift. Uh, yeah. So yeah, biblical wisdom. This is so opposite and countercultural. But you know, I, I was actually I don't know if I told you this, Jeremy, but I was actually part of the financial independence retiree movement, the fire movement for a little over a decade. I mean, that was really where I was, I kind of settled. And I was super happy. And then when my father passed away, I kind of, reevaluated my life and wanted to figure out is it financial independence that i'm seeking or is it financial contentment and so that that really shifted for me but when you are studying financial contentment you really have to understand where who is defining contentment for you and that for me came out of the bible and so that's where this fifth one came from wisdom do i believe that god's wisdom is available and relevant to my financial situation and again i'm going to talk about the story of daniel here but For anyone that's not familiar with the story of Daniel, you can go back and read Daniel 1, which is where the story comes from. But Daniel is basically brought into the king's service, and there's some tests and some things that he had to go through. But when he was brought in, they asked him to eat you know, kind of a luxurious food and wine and kind of just live it up. And he said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to defile my body that way. I'm going to eat just vegetables and drink water. And uh, so there was a couple of things that happened. Long story short, at the end of it, he was brought before the king. And the king said, man, you're 10 times wiser. Than my counsel, and that just stuck with me. It's like, man, here it is—a a wonderful model, uh, Daniel, who rejected kind of the world's view on what was important. He embraced God's view on what was important, and he was found to be ten times wiser than 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 the counsel of the king. And that's just that's just a, such a powerful story for me because when I think about my finances and how I want to save and give and invest and manage God's resources. All of the truths that I need are really just found in the Bible. And Proverbs is a huge opportunity to find some good wisdom on your finances. Yeah,
1: awesome. Well, I appreciate you sharing all those. And I, I like the idea of the, uh, uh, the financial contentment instead of financial independence. I was trying to think of what word, again, I have a, another word, but what word is replacing independence? The one I had settled on was mastery. You're really looking for financial mastery, like being the master of your money instead of the other way around. But I, I think contentment, if it, it might not have taken over my thought of financial mastery, but I think it's 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 in the running right now.
2: Yeah. I was joking with Art Rainier that uh, instead of the FIRE movement, the FIRE movement, we need to start a movement called the Financial Contentment Radical Generosity Movement, the FCRG. R doesn't yep. roll off the tongue as well, but I think it'd be an interesting movement. That's right. The
1: acronym is half the battle, I think. So we'll, we'll yeah. have to put our brains on that one. That's yeah. awesome. Well, I've got one more question for you, David. Before that, just tell us uh, the best way for people to reach out to you.
2: Sure. Yeah. Our, my website, faithdrivenfinancialplanning.com is the best way you can uh, watch my story. We have a free ebook for people that to that want to dive a little bit more deeper into understanding what does it mean to manage God's resources for his glory. Uh, best way That's the best way to, for people to reach out. That's
1: awesome. And of course, if you la- want to learn about us and what we do with the Kyle Financial Partners, uh, just check us out, retirement-revealed.com. Uh, that's where you can find us. All right, here we go, David. Last question. Tell us something about yourself that few people know about. And remember, this podcast is Rated Clean. Shouldn't be a troublesome for you on that yeah. one.
2: Uh, well, very few people know that uh, actually before I met my wife, uh, I had never dated anyone before. So uh, I had read a book called I Kiss Dating Goodbye as a as a kid. And um, yeah, we I never dated anyone. And so I met my wife and six months later, we were married. So it's really fun, really fun story. We'll get into that another time. That's awesome. But,
1: uh, yeah, it's worth the wait. Well, it's c- coming as someone who's a rocket scientist, I assume you, uh, you probably studied and was trying to figure out exactly the best way to go about it.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on the show, David. It's been amazing. Appreciate you teaching us all your all your wisdom and and these different kind of five decision points everyone really needs to make if they haven't made it already. Well, they've already made the decision, right? It's just being yeah. more. I guess, conscious of these different decisions that you should be going about and making.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Jeremy. It's been a pleasure. Awesome.
1: And thank you for listening to the retirement revealed podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money and you'll make better money decisions.
0: Thank you for listening to the retirement revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the social security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.